This is the Kamloops Insider with Parker Bennett. Hey everybody, welcome to the Kamloops Real Estate Insider Podcast. We're a little shorthanded today, but uh, I'm your host, Parker Bennett, and uh, we have a special guest, a kind of a unique topic for a real estate podcast today, but um, we do have a guest from TRU. Her name is Stephanie Winton, so thank you for being with us, Stephanie. Thanks for having me. And of course, we have Ali Carroll in the house. Hello. I'm really excited about this topic. I love snakes. I know. And this podcast is going to get like multiple downloads <laughs> on a different demographic than we're used to. But, <laughs> but anyways, uh, Emma's in the house. She's behind the mixer and she's keeping us square. Philippa's not here today with us. But tomorrow we're doing a podcast at the Aberdeen kiosk. And we're going to be chatting about disclosure of representation, which is some new rules that uh, have been implemented into the BC legislature for realtors, effective June 15th. And I'm really excited to have every viewer sign the disclosure representation before they listen to the podcast, because I think technically they have to. (laughs) And that's not going to happen. Anyways, bouncing back into uh, today's episode, um, today we're talking snakes. And more importantly, we're talking rattlesnakes. I gave it up. I gave it in when I made my comment. Yes, I'm very excited about the snakes. Yeah. Um, And maybe a little different to have a, you know, a a rattlesnake podcast connected with real estate, but I kind of want to define the reason for having Stephanie on the show today. I had a client recently that uh, had their property listed in in, uh, Richmond, and they were planning on downsizing and retiring in Kamloops which a lot of lower mainlanders are defecting to right now. And on our second showing, he was introduced to the idea that Kamloops has rattlesnakes. And the gentleman kindly told me the reason he didn't want to go to Kelowna is because he knew they had rattlesnakes, but he thought Kamloops was rattlesnake free. And that was the last I saw of that client. He is now changing course and going to somewhere where it's rattlesnake free. And that's just ridiculous. But I thought, because there's so many people defecting from Vancouver right now to Kamloops, uh, it would be a good discussion because we got critters, right? We have bears, we have cougars, we have black widows. You got mice. I don't like those. Vancouver has rats. I'll take mice. Well, you know what? I did see a bigger form, and I'm pretty sure it was a rat going across because they liked the plum tree. Or okay. snakes something. like both of those. So. I exactly, and that's why I love snakes. They could they could take care of rodents. Yeah. So they're increasing the value of our real estate. They're increasing the value of my garden. Yeah. So rodents don't come and eat my strawberries. Perfect. So I keep mine in my backyard. Okay, um, today's resident expert on rattlesnakes is Stephanie Winton. S- Stephanie, tell me about your so your third year grad student at TRU. And what is your thesis? Uh, So my thesis is specifically looking at the impact that roadkill has on rattlesnake populations. And how did you come to that thesis? Like, how did that become your challenge? Uh, Well, roadkill is a really serious issue for lots of wildlife species, uh, particularly snakes, uh, as well as other reptiles and amphibians. And uh, so it has a long history. I work down in the Okanagan, um, and there's a long history of snake roadkill down there. Uh, recently, it got uh, a lot of 
attention because uh, a bunch of salamanders were being killed. And so that's kind of how I came into the picture. And uh, I've been uh, working on it for the past three years, yeah. Cool. And I mean, it's probably not as sexy as like moose getting hit on the side of the road where it gets a lot of attention. And for the next four hours, people drive by and kind of mourn the loss of a moose, right? People don't see the snake. Yeah, I feel, you know, people don't even think about it when they're driving that there could be smaller creatures on the road and so they're not going to be looking for them but you know it's really important when you are in snake country if you're driving at dusk and dawn during the summer that you sort of keep your eyes open for maybe a a striped stick on the road and try to avoid it and you know drive the speed limit things like that because um it might not cause any damage to your car injury to you but it does have a really detrimental effect on the actual snake populations. So rattlesnakes actually commute, right? Like they they go up and down kind of mountainsides. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's funny, the word commute. commute. They, uh, I would say migrate. Migrate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a pretty short migration compared to a lot of other species, but um, they can move up to you know, four kilometers away from their overwinter dens. So they den communally in um, rock features. And then in the spring, they'll come out and they'll move into their summer hunting grounds. So either, you know, open meadow areas like with um, sagebrush or maybe slightly more forested areas or riparian areas like along creeks and things like that. So they can be found in a variety of habitat and at quite a distance from their dens. So should people be actively fear, should, should people moving to Kamloops or even Kamloopians that are maybe ignorant of the fact that we have rattlesnakes and other critters, should we be worried that moving here in our houses could be contaminated or attacked or are, are we, at, are we at risk? Are rattlesnakes going to eat, eat us? Um, <laughs> no. So it's, Really, the opposite issue. We're putting the snakes at risk. Okay. So by building houses, we're taking habitat away from them. Um, by building roads, we're putting them at risk of road mortality. And, uh, you know, if you're out hiking or something like that and you're afraid of being attacked, air quotes here, everybody, yep. by a snake, that is <laughs> not going to happen. Their first instinct is to hide from you. Um, so Parker, you were saying earlier that you've never seen a rattlesnake and you've lived here for what, 15 years? Yep. Never seen one. And that's because they're really good at hiding. They have, you know, camouflage coloration. Uh, they don't necessarily rattle when you pass them and, uh, they just want to get away from you. Up until about five years ago, I deemed cantaloupes rattlesnake free unofficially <laughs> until I was playing around a golf at, uh, Tobiano and I found the skin, the shed oh, cool. of, a, of a rattlesnake and I, and then the myth was broken. Right. And so actively been looking for a rattlesnake and nothing, zero, not a single one found lots of other snakes. And I think that the gopher snake can, can typically be confused for a rattlesnake especially to like a virgin eye that's not typically seeing snakes all the time. They see that coloration. Yeah, they look really similar. Um, You know, both have strong, dark patterns on a lighter background. The rattlesnakes, um, their spots are more circular, I find, and then the gopher snakes are much more square. Uh, They're also maybe more of a a ruddy color and then more of a yellow base color. Um, And that's something, you know, people can just look at pictures so that they kind of become familiar with that. Um, 
gopher snakes also obviously don't have a rattle. They have a long, skinny, pointed tail, but they will try to imitate rattlesnakes. So they're going to shake their tail, and like if they're shaking it in the grass, it could potentially sound like a rattle. Interesting. And they'll try to puff themselves up and hiss at you uh, just to make themselves seem really scary. Um, and rattlesnakes also have a, a broad head that kind of looks like a triangle, and then it's really distinct from their neck, so their neck is super skinny, whereas gopher snakes, their head and neck are the same width. Right. Um, so they can easily be confused, but the, uh, the gopher snake is actually non-venomous, so right. um, as aggressive as it is, or as it pretends to be, right. uh, it's quite harmless. So it's a restrictor, right? I just find that when I see snakes... I can't really look at the head, look at the shape of the, you know, to me it's it's just a snake. It, because I can't really oh hang out there. I just need to see if it's more round or more square or you know what I'm saying? So I have a hard you time. You mean like they're moving away from you and you Yeah, can't, they're moving can't away. Get a of them? And I can't really look cuz they move pretty fast. Like if at least the one one or two that I've seen that I'm pretty sure it's the same one. It just, I don't even know what it is. It just moves fast. So it just, right. I, I can't distinguish what it is. I would say that the average person would just scream rattlesnake first and then later decide maybe it wasn't. I've heard statements like, must have been a baby rattler because <laughs> it was small. And I'm thinking, probably grass snake, but you never know, right? Unless I could see it myself. I don't really have the ability to qualify on it. But like literally for years, I was... There's no rattlesnakes in Kamloops, just the myth of rattlesnakes, but it's now been deemed. I've got so many stories, but maybe we'll tell them <laughs> off the mic afterwards. So I'm from Argentina, oh. so I've seen a lot of snakes. There's way more snakes there. There's a lot nothing. of snakes, and you see them. I used to spend my three months of the summer when you didn't go to school, because we have three months, um, in a farm. So you don't really have internet TV or anything. So you just go outside and you, you kind of walk over all these things that move on your feet, including other types of reptiles like iguanas that they go running on their back, right? Oh, the Jesus lizard. Uh, I don't know. You, once they, they see you, they just get up on their back legs and they run. Have you ever, do you know, uh, we call them iguanas. I don't know. Um, to me, yeah, they were okay. all iguanas, especially when one of them ate my little baby parrot. <laughs> it <laughs> took off a bit. <laughs> but that was like, but I did see a lot of snakes. And so that's how I want to hear what there is here in Kamloops and what to expect. I also see on Facebook, lots of people saying, I live in Batch or in Brock and uh, there, is there, I just saw a snake, is there the rattlers, or there, they took pictures of it and everybody. But it seems to be that side of the... Of yeah, the, so we're, of where's the, the hot spot for yeah. rattlesnakes in Kamloops? Um, so really anywhere on the north side of Kamloops. Okay. Um, I mean, there's potential for them on the south side, but um, we're pretty confident that they've actually been extirpated in that area. So they, right. they maybe used to live here, but um, we have displaced them. Um, because more and of our development is on the south side, right? Yeah, exactly. So they've moved to the mm. north side of the river, south facing, more heat. I wouldn't say they've moved there. They were probably always okay. there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there is good available <laughs> habitat for them because it does have those south facing slopes. Yeah. 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 Um, but I, you know, I was talking to someone who lives in Batch just yesterday, actually, and he was saying 
that he maybe sees a rattlesnake once every four years. So they're not as common as people seem to think they are. Right. And, um, you know, their populations are probably declining because of the development that's happening. You know, it's encroaching on their habitat. Right. Um, or maybe they're being killed on roads over there as well. So, like, building a big housing development like Sun River somewhere, that would that would move those snakes out of there, would it not? Like, they're not going to be attracted to landscaping and noise and vibration and stuff like that that's going on in a development. Um, maybe not during the construction phase, um, but there's certainly things that attract snakes to uh, residential or, like, development properties um, so for example, I've had to move snakes from yards where there's ornamental rocks. Mm. So snakes are reptiles. They like to bask in the sun mm. and a rock is a great place for them to do that. So there's a lot of things that you can do if you don't want snakes in your yard, sort of snake proof it. Um, yeah. So, you know, don't have ornamental rock features. Um, also don't provide cover for them. So really, you know, snakes are just looking for those basic things, food, water, shelter, um, so if another snake I had to move was underneath, people had this sort of junk pile in their yard and it was taking cover under there. So yeah, clean up any junk. Don't, uh, keep open wood piles. Also, uh, enclosed decks and things like that. Uh, I said they're looking for food. So if your garage is full of mice, you take right. care of the mice, you're probably also going to take care of the snakes. Right. So there's lots of things that people can do to, you know, really make their, yards unattractive to snakes okay so like there has been like incidences where snakes have moved into areas of residence because there's been features there that have attracted them to that i heard that vibration is something that snakes really dislike is that like geotechnical vibration meaning just highways and stuff like that is that, is that yeah a, well i mean if you think about a snake they are fully stretched out on the ground right. all the time. And uh, I also believe that they hear through jaw vibrations okay, um, or partially through that. And so, yeah, I mean, I was woken up the other day by sounds of construction in my neighborhood and I found it really annoying. Right. So you can imagine if you were a snake, it would be really annoying mm -hmm. also. Right. Um, and kinds of disturbance like that, that's going to cause stress in an animal and um you know if it is forced to avoid areas that it would typically inhabit it might you know either become disoriented or might not be able to find the resources that it needs so yeah. we can have sort of these secondary effects um through the actions that we're doing that also impact populations not uh, necessarily in the same visible way as like killing snakes on roads or um, destroying their habitat, but it right. can, yeah, cause like long-term stress. And actually my, uh, friend at school, Jared Maida, he's studying that right now. So interesting. So like another one that commonly comes up in a, in a question of moving to Kamloops would be the black widow. And like, there's a serious myth about them. Cause I mean, I, my house has probably got a billion of them and I've I, seen way too many, but it's okay. They take care of the mosquitoes. Do they? Do they? I don't know. I don't think they're I doing a good no enough idea. job. Mosquitoes <laughs> 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 are bad this year. Well, I like bats then too. They do take care of the mosquitoes. Yeah, bats are awesome. Okay, so what's the chances of someone getting bit by a rattlesnake? Calumps. Is that like getting struck by lightning? 
<laughs> I don't know if, how those are comparable. I think that... Uh, <laughs> the odds. I think that if you uh, take precautions, so the same as yeah. if, let's say, being attacked by a bear. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's also a wild animal. And uh, we were talking about this. You have to give snakes the respect that they're due. Right. So rattlesnakes are dangerous. They're venomous. And so you don't want to be bit. So if you you know, try to avoid putting yourself in a dangerous situation. So if you're hiking, you know, staying on the trail, not approaching any snakes, giving them their space. If you leave them alone, they'll leave you alone. I have a theory. It's not a theory. This is something that they told me when I was little. So then I think, you know, you believe adults at that time. So. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so uh, back home. believe realtors. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so they say that, they used to say that, the ones that would get bitten was the hunters that walk in a line because the snakes have nowhere to go. They feel like they start getting trapped. But if you're walking on your own and they have where to run, then they can... Physically run? They can <laughs> slither away. <laughs> they can go away while you run towards them. And so the only, the, that's why the hunters would get bit because they were coming... They, I don't know why, because I don't hunt, so maybe Parker could That'd help me. That would be a drive. Uh, they're walking the all together like this because yeah. they're trying to kind of get some other animal trapped, yeah. and they, by mistake, trap a snake, and that's when they get bit. Okay. Could that be a reason? or? Yeah, like well, some of what you were saying there, um, you know, a rattlesnake striking out at you would only be as a last resort. It's a defense mechanism because they recognize that you are huge in comparison to them mm -hmm. and they're not going to eat you. So, you know, their venom is actually developed to help digest their prey. And so that's how they hunt. Uh, so it's mostly used for biting small mammals so that they can then eat them. Um, but they can also use it for defense. And so it's really, yeah, if they feel threatened and they're cornered, yeah. that they would potentially bite. Interesting. Those adults were right. <laughs> I know somebody who's been hit by lightning, but I don't know anybody who's been bitten by a snake. Well, no, a rattlesnake. Because I've personally been bit by a snake. But as a non-venomous snake. A non-venomous snake, yes. <laughs> as I was explaining this dramatic story of getting bit by a racer, you'd yeah. mentioned that. Oh, oh yeah, on your boot. Yeah. On your boot. <laughs> Stephanie's like, yeah, I've been bit lots by them. It's like a kiss with sandpaper or something. <laughs> Basically, yeah. it feels like Velcro. It's very dramatic to me. <laughs> I can't um, imagine. So realistically, moving to Kamloops, buying a house here, you're realistically not going to be very likely to run into a rattlesnake issue it's your, at your dwelling, in your basement, around the perimeter of your house. It's going to be like more of a, um, an opportunity to see one. If you did, it would be like winning the lottery. Yeah, I mean, personally, I think it would be super cool if you got to see a rattlesnake um, because, yeah, they're good at hiding. So you spotted one. Congratulations. And they're becoming more rare. So it's kind of something special. Are we going to lose them in Kamloops? Uh, I hope not. Uh, we're doing a lot of research in Kamloops and the Okanagan to really address the threats that rattlesnakes and other snakes are facing. So hopefully we will be able to keep them and you know, future generations will get to see them. So if you could make the world change exactly how you need it to in order to protect rattlesnakes, what would that look like? Like no more development? <laughs> Let's make it sustainable. No more roads, actually. No, you know what? I've talked about this with friends. Flying cars. 
So if we had flying cars, we would have no road mortality. So like oh, Elon Musk needs to get on this. So we're almost there. Yeah. We could save yeah. the critter. Yeah. We just need to get the wheels off the off the vehicles. But also maybe more more realistically, um, a better appreciation from people about the struggles that animals face and just thinking about it from a different perspective and not that completely human-centric one all the time. Like, well, I want to drive on the road. Well, the snake yeah. is on the road also, that kind of thing. I think a lot of conservation issues come down to man taking over the earth. Yes. And absorbing more space and leaving less for other mm -hmm. critters. So, like, a lot of the, the issues that we see are, like, for instance, if, you know, there's huge deer mortalities on the highways... Well, then we need to put a fence up, but that's a band-aid, right? Because we're going to build more roads. We're going to put houses there, and we're going to push them into other areas of, of the hills and the mountains and the fields and whatever. Same with snakes, right? Yeah. We're developing at a rapid rate. We're moving them into smaller confined areas where they're not used to being. They don't, they don't adapt very well, and we're losing populations. Like, we're losing all kinds of species. Like, right now, the caribou species is one that's huge threatened. Uh, probably be the next large animal that gets major attention like the polar bear um and i don't you know maybe snakes don't get the same sort of like cuddly feel so they don't get the same appreciation snakes are sexy come on they can definitely be sexy <laughs> they are they sound sexy because they start with an s yeah and it rhymes <laughs> i have a question for you yes are rattlesnakes the only venomous snakes And I pronounce things weirdly. My my excuse is English you. is a second good, language. So, um, the only snakes with venom in Kamloops. Yeah. Okay. And then, uh, what are the other ones that we could possibly see? Uh, there's a number. So the gopher snake, which we've already talked about. Yeah. Uh, racers. They, they're called racers because they're super fast, so that mm -hmm. might be the, yeah. the snakes that you're seeing in the grass running away from you really quickly. They're sort of long, skinny, kind of a brownish-gray color, and then they have a yellow belly. Yeah. Uh, there's also a couple species of garter snake. I think you referred to a grass snake earlier, so that's probably yeah. a garter snake. Garter snake. Um, and they have uh, pretty... Well, one species is really vibrant coloration, the other one less so, but they have a stripe down their back and then sort of spots along that. And uh, again, these are all non-venomous species, so they're relatively harmless. And uh, we also have rubber boas, which my friend of the friend calls them the sweetheart of the snake world because uh, they are super docile. I've never been bit by a rubber boa. Uh, they also have really smooth scales, and it gives them this rubbery appearance. So they're sort of brown in color and look quite rubbery. Hmm. Um, trying to think off the top of my head, are there any more snakes? So basically, because we don't the have chances, any anacondas here. No. <laughs> <laughs> so if if we happen to see a snake in Kamloops, and it happens to be a rattler. And for one of those one in four years, you are like strike by lightning and it bites you. And it bites you. What do we do? What do we do? All right. Remain calm and move to safety. And make sure, you know, if you're in a group that no one else is in, at risk of getting bit. Um, And then you want to remove any constrictive clothing. So rings or watches, Because you're going to swell up. Yeah, you can swell. 
and you don't want to apply a tourniquet. So that's a myth there. Do not, because yeah. that's just going to concentrate the venom in one area. So, so you got bit on the hand and you were wearing a watch that could act as a tourniquet. So you want to take off anything that could constrict. And then um, calmly make your way to the hospital. If you can, have somebody else drive you. And What if you're like six hours deep in the woods? Is that going to be a problem? Um, do you want to get medevaced <laughs> out or do you want to make, do you want to just hike it out and be is like... Or is there a little kit that you can have to make no, it out? No, no. So snake kits don't work. Don't buy snake kits. Okay. Um, I don't know enough from the medical perspective right. to say, like, if you should call a helicopter. Right. Um, you know, generally we always say that if you get medical attention in the appropriate amount of time, you'll be fine. Right. Um, okay. I did hear at one time, though, this may be a myth as well, that anti-venom for rattlesnakes is like, is in decline and there's not very much of it on the world. It's like a world shortage of it. Um, I don't know about that. Uh, I believe it's expensive to produce. To okay. Produce. So you don't want to like tackle the rattlesnake and bring it with you. That would be a No, big. definitely hey. do not do that. That's a good way to get bit again. <laughs> um, also, <laughs> yeah. do not kill the snake, after it bites you, they are protected because they're a threatened species, and so right. it's illegal to harm or kill them. And uh, nobody wants you to bring a snake into the hospital. That's just going to cause panic. Right. So, And the doctor oh, the doesn't <laughs> need to know what kind of <laughs> snake it was. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, they'll, they'll be able to tell if you've been envenomated or not, cool, basically. Cool, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well... The ra- yeah, <laughs> the racer came home with me because I was wasn't sure what it was, <laughs> but I didn't kill you him. You can take a picture from a distance. Yeah, I could have. <laughs> it was a lot more fun to take him home. See, there's but a then lot of things. How how far did you move him? Uh, a long ways. Yeah, so moving stick like more than a hundred meters is probably a death sentence for it. Okay. Yeah, because it's going to get disoriented and not survive. I tried to catch a rattlesnake. And put it in a pot and take it to the hospital because they would give us the anti-venom if we... Is it true that if you take the venom off the snake, you can create the anti-venom? I don't know. Well, that was the But the I'm going to say no. Just that was the thing the from the, the adults back in the day. That's a black... Oh. That was probably but black market. Back, back in Argentina, and this was a rattler, and um, we tried to catch it. But then it was really angry. We had to make it into a bookmark. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah. Well, it was really angry. It was coming at us, so we just decided that it wasn't a good idea to just let it go. Stephanie's going to bounce this podcast right I now. I am sorry, <laughs> <Broke> Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> you just learn a lot of things. Believe me, there is no shortage there. We're just trying to catch it because that was the thing. If you caught it and took it to the hospital, you would get the antivenom to take it home. Mm. But we were like three hours from the hospital, so we needed something that could get us to the hospital. Yeah, and I mean, you know, it's it's different in different areas and with different types of snake. You know, yeah. I know in Australia there's lots of venomous snakes, and uh, I've been told I think it's the brown snake. You you do want to put a tourniquet, but don't do that for rattlesnakes. So it's like the complete opposite, and that if you don't get to the hospital in 30 minutes, you're probably going to die. You're dead. But the only time you encounter brown snakes is definitely a place that's more than 30 minutes from the hospital. So, yeah. 
basically if uh, you get bit by a brown snake, uh, if you happen to have cell service or you know a satellite phone, that's where you start saying your goodbyes. Because if you're anywhere near where you're going to get bit by a brown snake, especially a king brown, you, there's no medical help for you. Yeah, so it, it's different in every area, and that's why it's important, you know, if people are moving to Kamloops, that they educate themselves on the snake species and, yeah, what to do in a case of an emergency. And now we're going to have defectors from Australia. More. <laughs> defectors from Australia. Move to Kamloops. It's a safer place our, to live. Our snakes are way friendlier. Yeah. We had another theory that if you got bit, you had to actually get a knife, and this is back in the farm, you know, when everybody has one knife. And you cut the wound open to let it bleed and let the venom come out. Yeah, that's another big myth. Definitely <laughs> okay. don't do that. I didn't. So I've had I never it got bit, to by the way. That, um, <laughs> you know, when you get a shot, like a flu shot, yeah. um, and they use a needle. So think of the snake's fang is basically like that needle, and the venom is like the vaccine that's going into you. So if you cut yourself... You're not going to get that vaccine out. Right. You're just going to contaminate more. Exactly. And then you're all bleeding these theories, and you could be infected. All these theories. My childhood is yeah. just crushing. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> but really, the only thing that you want to do if you've been bit, um, you know, while you're on your way to the hospital is take a pen and circle the swelling every 10 to 15 minutes and write down the time. And that's it. So no cutting, no tourniquets. Okay. Yeah. No voodoo. <laughs> no. No sacrificing of other snakes <laughs> on the way home. Speaking of defecting from Australia, um, when I first got over here, I was up in Sun Peaks and we were just discussing uh, the fact that I had plans to go hiking during the summer and they were going, oh, beware of, you know, rattlesnakes and everything like that. And I kind of just looked at them and went, you do realize I'm from Australia. <laughs> like, I'm not afraid of rattlesnakes. I'm not afraid of many snakes because my first reaction when I see a snake is I'm going to turn around and walk the other way now and that's how you survive in Australia just like bears yeah that is a great attitude like it's super easy to avoid negative conflicts with snakes by just turning around yeah right not like a grizzly bear charging you on a dead run yeah so <laughs> snakes are not going to attack you like I said they just want to get away from you and Actually, you know, speaking of you trying to catch the snake when you were younger, that's when people, you know, you hear news stories about people getting bit and it's often, you know, they've been trying to kill the snake. And so that puts them in close contact with the snake and they're actively threatening it. So that's when you're most likely to get bit. So it was the it thing to do when there's no electronics. A <laughs> 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 little excitement in your you life. YouTube it, right? <laughs> it's like, that's what, you know, creates that in your insights same as winning at the game there you go <laughs> well definitely steered away from real estate on this podcast today <laughs> and i do appreciate you coming stephanie i i think the information is valid to a lot of people that are moving in we do have a demographic that's from vancouver that's definitely moving into Kamloops, and they are actually active listeners on the podcast which is so cool um so thank you for coming i appreciate it um i think we can kind of end on a closing note that seeing a rattlesnake would be more beneficial just for the act of seeing one is like winning the lottery as opposed to being threatened by it. I don't think you're going to have encounters typically uh, around your household. And I don't think you need to be worried about moving to Kamloops um, and having conflict. So I bonus, agree. more reason to move to Kamloops. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. You can see a rattlesnake. 
And you don't need to see her. Wait, what was the hour per man hour per? Oh, um, so for every seven man hours, you can see one snake. So that's for researchers who are actively looking for it. And they kind of know where to look when they're looking. Exactly, and what they're looking for. So there are your chances. Yeah, pretty low. If you're not looking, you're close to zero. Right. If you're on the trail, you're probably safe. Okay, that wraps this uh, podcast. Thanks again. Thank you, Stephanie. See you tomorrow at the mall.